Hey everybody, welcome back to the Family Size Podcast. You know the drill, last week we talked to Carrie, my witchy friend. This week Michael is still out of town, and from what I hear, he is caught in a snowstorm up in Montana, something like that. He went up, uh, I think I said something about it last week, but he went up to um, Indiana to stay with his wife for her last few weeks of her travel nursing gig. And then she got extended. She got an extended contract. So he is supposed to be coming back, I think, at the end of this week or next week. I'm not positive. Um, And I was only supposed to record two podcasts. I have not heard from him on whether that has changed. But yes, he is stuck in some hotel with a restaurant nearby in Montana because of a snowstorm. So I don't know when we'll hear from Michael again. Um, but it reminds me a lot of like The Shining or something. <laughs> that, that one movie that came out and it's the same thing with all the people that are stuck in a like diner. Ooh. In a snowstorm. And oh, like, yeah. I don't remember the name of it. Like, I don't. One of them was like a, a killer. Yeah. Like a killer. Yeah. It's like a book. I don't remember the name of it. Well, as you can hear, I do have two people with me. It's not just me today. This, these are my friends, Michael and Marley. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hi. Uh, Michael and Marley are together betrothed, fiancéed. Not quite. Not quite. In the making. In the making. It's brood being brood. Um, Michael is the guitar player in our band Paid to Pretend, and I thought it would be cool to uh, give you guys a little glance into that part of my life, since you mostly know me from Family Size Podcast, and I know y'all hear me sing and stuff on it and talk a little bit about the band and what I'm doing in music, but here's a full-on, like, deep dive into all that. Mm -hmm. So, I figured first, you don't know everything that's going to happen today. You do know that this first part is going to be about us kind of talking about how we met and what we were doing before then and all that. I just wanted to give you a heads up so you could kind of be thinking about it. Then there's another part that I kind of want to keep secret just because I want to see what you say. And then the third part is a game that we're going to play. So I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. It might only be an hour. It could go longer. I don't know. But, you know, we'll get the longer content with when Michael starts coming back into town and blabbing his big old mouth again. I'm excited for the games. I already beat two kids for some bubbles today. So. <laughs> yeah, y'all just came back from a Halloween party? A Halloween brunch. Oh, that is so cool. Who was it for? It was uh, Laura and her family. Yeah? Yeah, our friend Laura. What kind of, um, like, did they have any cool, like, themed food or desserts? Yeah, so everything was mostly themed. There was one woman who had, like, this kick-ass, like, charcuterie board. And then I made a... Uh, basically ended up being pizza but witch hat croissants and a little turkey pepperoni I was painstakingly like carved little shapes out of for an hour and a half at 2 a.m last night oh my gosh. <laughs> um and then i was supposed to make uh strawberries like white chocolate covered strawberries and it's just, they're a ghost yeah. and i got lazy and i decided i was gonna use a microwave to melt the chocolate and you burned it yeah i made s'mores and i had to dump it and then i got third degree burns on my body yeah but it's fine so no but hot sugar is not the thing to do no it got smoked up my neighbor's apartment and then smelled like s'mores so we didn't have to burn a candle but it was pretty bad off topic um in prison they throw hot sugar on people 
so are you kidding no but that they do it to the uh the 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 ones you know you know the ones. Uh, you know the ones did you do you remember kind of off topic but still on the level of like burn your skin off <laughs> when we were chilling in my backyard all of us and this is back when Jacob was still in the band and I had for whatever reason become infatuated in that moment with burning a straw yeah he <laughs> caught on her I haven't heard about one I was burning just a straw, like a fucking plastic straw, like a yeah. red plastic straw. I was just burning it for no fucking reason, being a child. Mm. And I'm like, I'm a grown ass woman. Yeah. And I accidentally, yeah, get it. The, the burnt plastic, the melting plastic gets on my skin. I don't know if I still have a scar from it, but I know that I had like a white splotch of skin for the longest time. Melting plastic. Yeah. I have never been burnt that bad in my whole fucking life. In my whole fucking life. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like You had to, like, peel it off. It, yeah, and it just, ugh, oh my god. And then Jacob, for whatever reason, wanted to feel it. <laughs> he did. I mean, I'd probably want to feel it, too. I'm not going to lie. Right? And he, he understood he, immediately, this is not a game. I'm not being a pussy about it. This shit fucking hurts. I don't even think Trey, we knew Trey then, did we? I don't, I don't even think Trey was there. I, I think don't was, think Trey was there, now. I just remember me and Matt thought it was hilarious. We were out, like, near the pool for some reason. Yeah. Did you dip it? Like, well, I think I probably threw my hand in the water or yeah. something. That I'm not like, sure. That was, like, 2017, I think. Well, I, we didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. Yeah, we were just... Because I was, like, in college and worked a part-time job. So we all I did was... burn some plastic. We, we would stay at Madison's house till midnight. We didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. yeah what is going on outside of my apartment right now? Oh, okay. no, crazy. You know, uh, the fashion designers, they'll, they've been working with uh, plastic forming to the body, so you were ahead of the trend. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Speaking of fashion. Yeah, fashion hurts. Oh, Segway. yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, got an offer. Well, it's it's not an offer. It's for real now. Um, uh, the Tie-Dye and Crystal Hippie Shop, you will find my custom apparel for sale. The Tie-Dye and Crystal Hippie Shop? Yeah. And where's that at? Is it like a, a actual store? Nevi- is it on- yeah, yeah, it's a it's an actual store, Nevius Road. Okay. It's like Tillman's Corner area. Got you. Mm-hmm. It used to be at the flea market. Yeah, it used to be at the, the, the flea store. market. Right. They got brick and mortar location now, and and she she um, Marley is an artist with anything as far as <laughs> you know when you think of an artist painting, drawing, things like that. But she started. Um, what would you call it? I don't want to just say painting clothes, but kind of reimagining. Yeah, so like upcycling, I'd like to say. Yeah. Like thrift, a lot of clothing, and then um, just kind of give it a whole new life, whole new wearable yeah. art. I started with shoes before, decided with clothes, and then it's kind of taken from there. Yeah. yeah. All, all you uh, anime nerds out there, she made some uh, Sailor Moon pants. Sold for like eighty bucks. And y'all know me. Y'all know me already. I am not the anime nerd, but I'll (laughs) tell you these. These, when I've seen them, they are so cool. Like they look like they came out of some sort of like, I don't know, like a, like a factory almost. Like it's so precise the way these paintings are on this clothing. Oh, you're humbling me. Making feel all good. (laughs) She's making a Pokemon ones right now. Yeah, working on Pokemon. Uh, I can never pronounce this pattern. Houndstooth? Houndstooth. Houndstooth, yeah. They're uh, 
for oh I wouldn't say they're formal. They they were called dress pants, but they're Ann Taylor, so they're that's bourgeois. Yeah. yeah, fancy. But uh, I thought it'd be really cute to little put uh, pokeballs on the knee patches, and then I'll have little, you know, your standard recognizable like Pikachu, Bulbasaur. Yada yada yada. And everywhere. what is the name of your business? Yes, sorry, my business name is Psychedelicate, and I just kind of wanted my art to take on that whimsical, soft but visually appealing. Yes. As you feel. Not necessarily like full head on into like trippy mode where yeah, like yeah. somebody's definitely doing drugs. Just just a sweet. Yeah. Like you know, it's got this <laughs> the euphoric. Yeah. Musical yeah. side of it. Very all. cool stuff. I love it. And uh, I do commissions. You can find me on Instagram. Yes, you can. Psychedelic. And the Crystal Hippie Shop. No, That's so cool. I'm very very excited. I've never been cool. in a partnership like this, because. You know, you can make art, and I know that's one thing for a lot of artists, I mean, like you, like me, we can post about our stuff on the internet all we want, but the internet is so saturated with everyone, everyone doing to, that, yeah. so it's been really nice to have this segue into, well, this door open into, like, okay, I go into a store, see this beautiful piece that well, I like. more things like that. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the coolest thing is, like, I didn't even know that was a thing until my mom started doing it. Mm-hmm. And so she's at like Lush and like obviously artists put their stuff in galleries, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, to be put in some local home decor store is a whole different thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're that's what you're doing right now is you're mm-hmm. kinda you're you're putting your stuff in some place that isn't just a boot it's not a boutique, right? Yeah. It's like uh this this place has all different kinds of stuff in it mm-hmm. for that aesthetic or for aesthetics near it and lifestyles and everything so that's I think that's really cool that yeah. they wanted you in there now and do you have to pay a certain percentage back to them for having it in there uh so that it works luckily like they're really awesome with working with me like I don't have to pay monthly which has been so nice it just um anything if I sell anything they get a 30 percent cut which Hey, you can take it all. Yeah. You know, not really, but, you know, <laughs> as yeah. much as you want if you help me out like this. And it's been great. They've been really wonderful. They adored my stuff. Because, you know, you always have that self-doubt, like, oh, I look at it so much. You're like, who's going to want it? Yeah. And they were immediately like, oh, give me this, like, cottagecore, uh, mushroom, fairy, dragon. So I got a lot of ideas. And I just got to put it on that is very some cool. clothes. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. And now you can start charging a little bit more now that you're in stores. Mm. I'm in a store now. I'm in a store now. It's still always that doubt of like, ah, man, is my stuff, like, how do I price my stuff? Yeah, that's the Mm -hmm. hardest part for an artist is like, I know Mm. what I put into this. And and the thing is, I have a little bit less of an issue doing it when it comes to physical art. Mm -hmm. But I still have an issue. So, like, yeah. trying to sell, like, either one of my little pottery pieces, I'll be like, mm, 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's like, mm, $65. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Mama. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And she's she's just headstrong. Like, she's so good about it. She's like, yeah, I made this piece of pottery. And she started out with doing less money. But as mm-hmm. she's gotten more popular, you know, she'll, she, she sold, like, dishes for like four hundred dollars and you're like damn you know i wish i had that kind of you know popularity and confidence in that way it's definitely been like something i've had to learn to 
do for myself. Like, I think when I was a wee little babe, I was 16, and I did one probably one of my favorite pieces I'd ever done, but I did uh, The White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, but a marionette puppet style. And it was on canvas, and I made it 3D by getting, like, red velvet and doing curtains and having, like, a spotlight on it and playing cards. And, you know, I put a lot of work into it, and I sold it. I had this little pop-up, and I didn't know what to put it as, so I put it as, like, 20 bucks. And I know, no, I know, no, I know, I know. I'm a dumb kid. Me thinking 20 bucks is, you know, it's going to buy me so many right. chickens. And uh, this woman, she bought it, and she was like, I would have paid a hundred and fifty for it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, give me that." Then. What do you want? She said, "No, no, no, haha," and then walked out. I said, "Ugh, fuck, I'm a child." Help exactly. Me. Man, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Okay, so all right. <laughs> yeah. I would hate that. I did to Tavia. I know how to value myself a little bit more, and especially the hours that it goes into clothing itself is a process of like heat setting each layer, doing more and more layers, finding what fabric works, but yeah, you can wear it. It's all good. Wash it. (laughs) (laughs) You can wash it? Yeah, you can wash it. Uh, You just, I always am, like, it's a newborn child to me, and I have to take utmost care of it. You don't have to be this careful, but I like to flip it inside out, wash on gentle, on cold, and it's always been like Okay, that's awesome. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. All right, so for the main event... Today, we're going to start talking about how we met, which starts with you and Matt, because I didn't know anything was going on at first, right? So, um, I know that what I was doing was being kind of um, passive with my dreams and just adding anybody on Facebook that looked like a musician. That's what I was doing. And so, if you had a guitar in your hand, if you had a... If you were sitting at a pair of drums, if you had a mic in front of your face, I was adding you on Facebook. And luckily, a lot of people were adding me back. And I assume, at some point, I did that with you or Matt. Yeah, I don't know. And I was posting, what I was doing was, I'm going to add all these people that are look like musicians, and I'm going to post songs that either I wrote or I'm covering. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, one of them sees it, and then reaches out to me somehow because I didn't know how to get in the music scene. I didn't have anybody in the music scene. Um, like my dad was a musician. I knew musicians, but I didn't know Mobile's music scene and I've lived here my whole life. So I thought that's gonna get me somewhere and fucking fortunately mm-hmm. it did. And that started with you guys. So what happened there? So uh made a where we were looking for people because we had a band. Well, me and Matt had been like a bunch of bands in like high school and college. And then like uh, we were looking for a singer because we wanted to like write different kind of music, I guess. And uh, we went through like a bunch of different singers. And then we found you. Cause I think you posted a video or something. I was like, well, this girl can sing. So we messaged you and then you came over and then that's, that's pretty much it from then on. And then Jacob joined and then Trey joined. Jacob left, and then Perry joined. <laughs> so I remember that short. first audition, because I was so sure y'all had so much more experience than me. Because the way you were like, yeah, you want to audition for our band, I was like, this is the most important moment of my whole fucking life. <laughs> and then I got over there, and y'all are younger than me, 
And it's just like in your foyer area. It's my mom and dad's foyer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so loud because everything is like the floors are tiled. Yeah. And you're playing drums and Michael or Matt's playing a guitar, I I guess. And uh, and I'm on a mic. So we're all like so loud. (laughs) It's so loud. It's like you can hear it pinging. It's Mm -hmm. so loud. It's that same noise over racket thing that I always talk about. Well, Matt, Matt and I were in like pop punk bands yeah. and stuff around that time, so like we thought like if we played really loud Louder and stuff, that better. was like really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then we learned as we did this band, and then I played in other bands and stuff uh, that that is not the case. <laughs> you become a better musician by playing live. And recording a lot. And coming into this band, I was willing to do most things, but there's some things that I just wasn't able to accomplish. And they wanted to do like a pop punk beach type of vibe, right? Or like punky, beachy, indie thing. I like waves. And yeah, and you were like obsessed with them at the time. Yeah, I remember. I know your shirts. Your you had the shirt on all the time and everything. And you had just seen them at like Soul Kitchen or something Uh, like that. Mary Widow. Yeah, and. You had gotten me to learn a song from your uh, previous band that had broken up not too... I guess it was kind of recent Yeah. that y'all had broken up. And so I went and listened to the songs, and in my head I was like, this girl... <laughs> this girl's not the best, <laughs> but I'll learn the songs. And so... Um, I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, this is cool. You don't hear this coming out of Mobile. So I learned, uh, I guess, Riptide or something. I don't know. Tales of the Riptide. It was was one of those. I don't know. And we played it. And what I'm getting at is your mom, I guess, saw something from all of your previous bands to this moment and started filming me singing in this loud-ass room. Like that. And I just was like, what's going on? Well, Wave to the camera. Everyone else we had brought over to sing, like, they would leave, and mom would leave. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm singing something that's totally, like, out of my wheelhouse, and something that I couldn't really make into my own thing. It was very, like, cut and dry. This is what it is. There's not too much personality in it. I can add what I can add, but it's not much. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as vocals go. So I just did it, did what I could, and I was so sure that I wasn't going to get it. And then you were like, okay, well... Uh, and then Matt goes, I've got this little guitar part, and I had my acoustic, and uh, I played a couple songs. I remember Matt being like, how are you not famous yet? Mm-hmm. Which is like a really great compliment, but I, just, I don't... Because I'm, I'm passive. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a procrastinator. That's why I'm not famous yet. I don't know why I'm not famous yet. Is that my phone going off? It's, it's mine. I didn't. I broke the It's roll. okay. It's okay. Broken. Definitely I'm broken. So Cardinal roll broken. Um, but again, it was so loud in there that when Matt was playing the guitar to Off the Hook, which yeah. is what it became, um, I put, I had my guitar in front of my face trying to hum a melody at my guitar so that one noise of my voice would bounce back into my ear before the rest of the loud ass room did 
and it worked. But I'm sure everybody was like, what is she fucking doing hiding behind that fucking guitar? Um, and then, yeah, it was just us three. And we got together one more time at the house after that, at your house. At least one more time. Yeah. And then we started doing it at my house. Um, my garage. Yeah. And uh, Hot slash cold ass garage. When we got together the second time, because the first time I just kind of hummed something to myself, but I wasn't confident enough to... Uh, say anything out loud I'd never written with anybody else before and then the second time we got together I think was when I said can we record that because I have an idea and so y'all recorded a two minute loop of off the hook is what it became again but we didn't know at the time and I took it home and I just started writing and that's how it all got started y'all knew Jacob right from like school or something yeah Jacob was like freshman or sophomore when I was like a senior in high school and he hung around with like other people he knew that were in bands and stuff and he was always like the roadie kid that would follow bands to venues and he could, so he could get in he could play drums I guess he was competent enough to play drums so he came over and he played drums so then we had a drummer so then it was us four yeah and Matt was playing bass yeah you were playing guitar Jacob was playing drums and then it wasn't too long after that. I don't know what... Uh, was he coming in to play keyboard? Yeah, Trey was going to play keyboard. And then he brought his keyboard and stuff over. And then Jacob was out of town. So then Trey was like, well, I can play drums too. And then we started playing and he already knew how to play off the hook. So he was like, oh yeah, it's like this. And then we were like, okay. Well, uh, oh yeah, we had already recorded off the Yeah, hook. it was already out and stuff. That's right. Yeah, it was on like 92. We years. had a few things out. We had like Crazy Love out too. Yeah, I think we had like two or three songs out. And uh, then Trey was like, all right, now I'll play this. And then and we like, played them. And yeah. they were good. And then. And I just went. We're like. We're like, we're going to have to tell Jacob he's not the drummer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, bud. And, but then somebody had said, like, oh, Jacob knows how to play bass. And I was like, okay, well, y'all both know how to play guitar. Yeah. And that's kind of where the two guitars first came from was, okay, well, Jacob, are you, do you mind playing bass? And he was like, no, not at all, dude. Like, no, I'd rather play bass. Point, yeah. And when he heard, I remember him saying when he heard Trey play for the first time, he was like, yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody's as good as Trey right now, not in this room. So well, even even now, like Trey's playing what in three bands in Mobile. He plays in Goodwin Rainer with Barry and Adam, all of them. And then he plays with me and uh, Shitty Godse. And he, the first time he came, because like our friend Josh quit because he didn't want to play shows and stuff anymore. And he wanted to focus on doing art stuff. Phenomenal artist. Well, he's an amazing artist, amazing drummer too, amazing musician. He does low five beats and stuff. He's really good dude. But Trey came in and he already learned like a handful of songs and everybody was like are you sure Trey's gonna be able to do this because you know cause we have shows booked and he's like are you sure they're gonna be able to do this and I was like dude trust me so then like Trey sat down he was like we told him we saw him we were gonna do he's like oh yeah that's the one that's like this and they're like and he just does yeah. it yeah. yeah and then we went right into it and like Trey learned like five songs and like 
one practice, and he, everybody was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> I was like, I told you, dude. Trey's just one of those was, guys, yeah. It's like, he literally does music for a living. Like, he makes songs for commercials and YouTubers and stuff. Like, like the dude, fact that Paige Pretend got him yeah. is wild to me. Because yeah. I don't think any of us besides Perry, is, like, none of us are that kind of level. Yeah, like, and just, like, we're all good. Like, we all are competent in music. But, like, Trey is just at this level where it's like, how the fuck do we get that guy in our band? Just able to hear a song one time and play it from memory all like, the way through without like, skipping a beat. I would say I'm like a, a, a multi-instrument, you know, instrument guy, quote-unquote. I am not. <laughs> like, I can, I can play, like, five or six instruments. Trey can play, like, every instrument ever. <laughs> Trey could go to heaven and know how to play the trumpets up yeah, there. Like, like, it's crazy. Like, I, I'm one of those dudes where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in two bands. I'm a multi-instrumentalist. You know, I have a little studio at home. And then, like, you meet somebody like Trey and, like, he's, like, S-tier. I'm, like, I'm like B-tier category. <laughs> I The only thing I think that I'm, like, and this sounds shitty, but, like, A or S-tier is, like, the songwriting. And then everything else is, like, B, guitar is, like, C or lower. Like, I'm not that good at guitar. And so, like, that's the only thing I'm very, I'm pretty confident in is my songwriting ability. Because I know that no matter what, that I have the time to craft a song to where I'm confident that when I go out there with it, I'm not going to be embarrassed of any part of it. Yeah. There might be parts where I'm like, that could be better, whatever. But for the most part, you know, you have that time to kind of craft it. Even with my voice, which people like, that doesn't always work out for me on the stage, right? I either can't hear my, like, if I can't hear myself, then I blow my voice out, or I wasn't drinking enough water that day, or I'm getting sick, or whatever the case is. Um, My allergies are going crazy. So the only thing that I'm super confident 100% of the time in is my songwriting. And then I have all these guys behind like even Matt knows how to play bass and guitar yeah what the fuck am I doing yeah <laughs> luckily I'm the singer like luckily I don't have an <laughs> instrument on that stage I've learned how to dance and I've learned how to work the stage and then sing my songs and that's about all I have to do ah, I feel like we put a triangle in your hand you, you can go to town I don't know what it is but my dad like everybody says that same thing like get a tambourine or something mm-hmm. I'm like I couldn't yeah, like no. even though I know how to stay on beat with shit, for some reason, you uh, give me that, that I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm gonna like, fuck it up. It's like uh, rubbing your stomach and patting your head. At yeah, the same time. I'm the for whatever chewing reason. gum and walking. Right. <laughs> for some reason, like Perry, like he was. I think one day he was like teaching me scales or something. Like he was teaching me something, and like I kept I kept getting off time with it because it was like a weird timing or something. He was like, dude, just tap your leg, your foot, dude. I cannot tap my foot and play guitar at the same time yeah. it's like my foot will be off time i don't know why i'm like that but i cannot i can't play more than one strumming pattern my whole life i don't fucking know like it always comes back to this one str- now i can make it sound a couple different ways but it's the same fucking strumming pattern every time it's crazy like i but i know how to keep time because of my dad my dad's a drummer as y'all know but and i've never had an issue keeping time but the fact, the fact that um, people also say it's weird, like it's a big deal to play and sing at the same time. Yeah, I can do that too. Some people say that too. That seems easy to me, but again, I have my comfort zone strumming pattern, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where I can sing. 
you know, if, if you were like, no, do this, I, I would need to sit there for a while. And that's my biggest issue is procrastinating on actually like sitting down again and relearning my instrument um, or learning how to play piano or anything like that, which I think is just even harder. Like, okay, now I have to do two different things with my fucking hands yeah. that are completely different. It's not doing this to make this happen. It's doing this and doing this, and both hands are doing, and then you sing also? Like, fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> now, like, when I say, like, multi-instrument guy, uh, I can play synth keyboard. I cannot play regular keyboard. No, not like, like just piano. Two hands, at the, yeah, I cannot do that. No. But if you, I have a microcork at home, and, like, I got, like, a, a thousand patches on that thing, dude, that I can Yeah, if you there. need to make, if yeah. you need to make, like, you're not tone deaf, so you can yeah. make a sound yeah. sound good if you needed to. I, I can, can do that, I can too, play. yeah. I can play on it and make stuff up on it. You yeah. Know, I know how to do how keys work and everything. Plus, I'm more of a, a synth kind of guy anyways. I always thought they were cool, and you can make cool music with them, and, you know, sounds and all that. Right. I always thought, like, piano was kind of lame anyways, but... But, like, also, I say that... No hate to the piano players. Yeah, but also, I say that, and then I see, like, people on YouTube that do, like, piano covers of, like, songs I like, and, like, they're amazing, and then I'm like, damn, I Piano players are... I've never met a dumb piano player. No, they're very I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Every piano player I've ever met, smart as fuck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, so smart. But, uh... I let them do my taxes. Like, my voice would probably be really good with piano. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But, and my dad's put me through piano lessons a thousand times. I can't, I just hate to learn the way that they want to teach. Mm-hmm. I just want to learn a song that I know and then take what I know from that song and learn a new song and learn new things in that song. But I also stuff that I knew from this song and then build from, that's how I learned how to play a guitar. I don't know, but they always want to teach theory, which is great. It's fantastic to teach theory, but I get so bored so fast, and I don't want to play when the Saints go marching in. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I don't fucking want to do it for the thousandth time. Anyway, so, when, um, before, I know that you were in a couple bands before Paid to Pretend, um, and you had played a couple gigs, even though like you weren't of age to be like at the Blind Mule and stuff yeah. like that. You were able to get in and at least play the gigs. <clears throat> um, how did you get into music to begin with? Um, my dad's a musician, so he was always in bands when I was a kid. He was in a band in like the late '90s, early 2000s. That like they got on the radio and they like played like a battle of bands thing to try to win a record deal and all that. But, but their drummer like quit like the last the lot like they were in like the final three or something like that and their drummer quit. That's crazy. And they had somebody fill in. They had somebody fill in, but like they already had like a a little EP thing recorded and like the dude wasn't like their former drummer, and unfortunately they lost obviously. But uh, kind of like after that, like they got on the radio and stuff back then and stuff. You know, it was very like grungy rock because that was a the thing then. But um. After that, like, uh, my dad, like, my mom and dad had me, and then he kind of just... Settled down a little bit. Yeah, and then he was in cover bands here and there, and they would go play a few gigs and stuff. But that's about it. I mean, my dad always had people over playing music, though, all the time. So did he so. Did he want you getting into music? Like, did he teach you how to play guitar or anything like that? Or did you just, like, you just had that around, and it interested you, and then you did it on your own? Well, he would always play guitar and stuff around me and like drums and stuff like my dad can play a lot of instruments too 
Yeah, he can play saxophone. He can play saxophone. He can play piano. He can play guitar, bass, drum. He's a decent drummer. I mean, he could sing pretty decently, better than me. I never, I didn't get that gene, unfortunately. But <laughs> if I sing, I gotta like double it like four times and put like effects on it to make it sound okay. But uh, no, he. Uh, one day I was like going through a CD collection, and when I was like about twelve. And, uh, I was, like, really into metal and stuff then. But, like, I had no interest in playing anything. And then, like, one day he got a drum set and put it in my room. And then I started playing those. And I'm not a very good drummer, but back then I thought that was so cool. So, like, I was really into, like, 90s bands at the time. This was, like, what, 2008, 2007? When I was, like, 12, 13. So we lived in South Carolina. Columbia, South Carolina. Um... I was, like, really into, like, Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins and... The Gateway Bands. All those bands, because I thought they were amazing. And, uh, but then I was also really into metal. And I love Slipknot, because Slipknot was, like, the biggest band in the world at that time. And I had, like, I would always wear Slipknot shirts and Iron Maiden shirts and stuff. Honestly, if, uh... If you showed me a Slipknot song right now, I would not know it was Slipknot. Dude, I know... I don't know I, shit about Slipknot. I knew every... They were my favorite band. Because they were, like, the biggest band in the world. Like, when I was in middle school, everyone had Slipknot. Are they the ones on. that turned, like, Christian rock or whatever? Or is that... No, no, Like, no. Corn... One of them started doing Christian rock. I know Blink-182... Or not Blink-182. Um... Oh, shit. What's the one with the two... Twin... The twins? Beast. The twins. The twins. Oasis? No. No. <laughs> it's like another Blink-182 band, Beastie I think. Boys? No. no. Good Charlotte? Yes. Yeah. They started doing some sort of Christian shit oh, at some point, that, I think. That's sinful. Good Charlotte. <laughs> Golly. That's fucking sinful. But, um... <laughs> no, but... So I tried to play drums, and I would, like, put a radio in my room and, like, put Nirvana's Nevermind in, and I would try to play the drums to every track on there, and it was never... That's what I, my dad said to do, to learn I was, how to play drums. I was never Dave Grohl, obviously, but I thought I was. I even had long hair back then. It was not as beautiful as it is now, but... <laughs> um, but then one day, my dad had, like, this really shitty acoustic guitar laying around that he bought or something, and I was messing with it. And uh, I didn't know how to play, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I would just strum the strings with my thumb. And then one day he came in and he showed me how to play, I think it was Come As You Are by Nirvana. And then I learned how to play it, and I picked it up pretty fast. And I was like, okay, well, this is this is pretty fucking easy. And then I, for some fucking reason, I don't know, I guess because I didn't know how to play guitar or anything like that. And I was practicing with drums. I would play to like come as you are on guitar and I got to where I could play the intro really good and then it would go into the chorus and I'd be like oh that's not the intro and like I didn't understand that you were playing different things right. like, I didn't I didn't play guitar I, didn't understand. I never paid attention to it until you start playing and then like from then on I kind of like my dad basically was like if you want to learn how to play you'll do it yourself and he gave me like all these guitar books and DVDs and taught me how to read tabs and uh, chords and stuff like that and to this day I still can't read fucking music or yeah. chords at your, all your dad's very much a, like uh, this is how you raise a boy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my dad's yeah. like my dad was really like every time you talk about him I'm like yeah there's, there's a lesson here for yeah, you to learn pretty much 
my dad <laughs> my dad was literally like if you want to fucking do it you'll do it i gave you the guitar showed you how to play a song yeah and if you want to do it you'll do it my dad so. on the other hand bought a guitar for me when i was little like three or four and he had an acoustic yamaha of uh, gut string guitar and he bought a smaller version of it and strung it left-handed because i'm left-handed mm-hmm. And I didn't touch that bitch. <laughs> uh, no, I was three. <laughs> now I'm going to go watch Little Mermaid now. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck you want from me. And then I got to be around 14. And I started picking it up because I was writing songs. And I needed to remember my melodies. So I needed some sort of instrument to do that. Mm-hmm. We had a grand piano in the living room. And I had learned a little bit on that to figure that out enough. But I wanted to learn how to play guitar. So that's what I how I got into anything uh, stable. Yeah. You know, I was always singing. I don't remember a time when I wasn't singing. But we always had music, just like you. Like, Dad was playing gigs a lot. And every now and then we'd go and we'd watch him play. Uh, if it was at, like, Crockmire's, not the one downtown, but when it was on Florida Street, because um, they sold food. So we would go, me, mom, and little Michael would go, and we would watch him play. And I guess that's where it kind of, like, blossomed was this, like, I already was a daddy's girl, wanted to be, like, my just like my dad and all these things. This was just, like, one of those things. I think half of it is just nature, and half of it was definitely because dad did it. I wanted to do it. He never pressured any of us to do it, though. Um, it was just something that kind of came naturally for me. And then he was, I mean, he was excited to, to have someone in the family that wanted to do it. Um, my older sister can sing, but that's not really her thing. Yeah. She, and I don't, I don't get that. It's like, as soon as I could sing, that's, that was my thing. That's what I wanted to fucking do. She can sing. She's just not interested in doing that. I always find people like that weird, like. I've met so many people that are just, like, casually in bands or something. Like, we, us, like, we'll, like, we're going to book my shows and go play them and then we'll record and we'll just keep going. Same thing in the other band I'm in. We're going to make music videos and keep going, practice every week and stuff. There's some people that, like, I've met, especially playing music through Florida, Mississippi, wherever, Louisiana, all that. Some of the most talented people you'll ever meet. And they're, like, they're so nonchalant about it. They'll be like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I... Sometimes I'll play, and, like, they have, they shred, or, like, they're the one of the best drummers I've ever heard in my life, or, like, great vocalist, something like that. I think the only time I really get it, and I, I don't even know, like, I think maybe some sort of hormone comes along, but, like, when people start having kids. Yeah. And then they kind of chill out and stop mm-hmm. doing music, like we saw with the guy from uh, Underhill Family Orchestra. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just talked about how your dad kind of chilled out once you were born and stuff like that. My dad kept doing cover gigs. Yeah. My dad didn't stop. <laughs> my, dad, my dad already had three kids before me, though, and yeah. he had never stopped. I mean, if you know, something so, happened, I have kids. Yeah, know? I don't know. It's like, I still do play. you? I still but, make music. Right. But as a, as a... I don't know. As a woman, I wonder if it's, if it's different. Because I also saw this girl that's so fucking talented her name's like Jen- oh, shit Jenna or something like that and I'm gonna get shit on for 
not remembering her name because she's done a lot of big stuff, but she's from here. Yeah, yeah. And she's done big shit, like big tour, like what Red Clay is doing right now. Okay. And I played a songwriter's thing with her a few weeks ago, and it was the first time I'd ever fucking heard of her. Dad knew who she was. And she starts singing, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't fucking be here. (laughs) This is crazy. Why do you sound like that? Just a perfect fucking voice. And kind of southern, kind of rock star, kind of soulful, just this great voice. And could play a fucking guitar like no other. And she's cool, and she looks cool. Like, she looks hippie. She's got her bell bottoms on, and she's thin, and she's got her cool, like, uh, wolf cut fucking short haircut and she's got nose piercings and t- cool tattoos and big bracelets and a Everything really baggy shirt is, very yeah. hippie rock star kind of chick it was cool and I don't know where I was fucking going with that but I think it goes more like how oh, you were she saying, stopped that's what yeah, I was saying stopping is, she had a baby and mm-hmm. she was like I'm a, I'm a mother first now and so I came home from tour and I was like this is what I do now and I'm like, would I do that too? Yeah. If I had a kid? It's probably the divide between, like, hobby and passion. Like, we all are so passionate about it. Like, you don't care if you get big or you're just making it to make it because that's that drives you, that fulfills you. And some people are just, can be so talented like that, but just, oh, I just like it as a hobby. Right. I like it as something to do on the weekend, something to do here. And it just... I guess the drive that people have. If I mean, like us or like my other band, like if we went from a small indie band, you know, that plays shows around the Gulf Coast area and everything, and to a huge band, and I had a kid, I'd be like, well, this is my job now, so. Mm. Well, the baby's coming on tour. Yeah. Being the merch baby. Something, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, this is, this is my job now, you know what I mean? Right. And it's what I've always wanted to do. Kids gonna have a, a rock star dad now. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta be. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is like your whole life changes. Some of the people in your, in your life, when it changes, stay in that last life, yeah. mm-hmm. and it might not even be bad stuff. It just doesn't work out. I mean, you hear about it all the time with old rock stars when it comes to like how many women they run through. Yeah. Um, even women rock stars like uh, Mama Cass having all the uh, love issues she had throughout the years before she died and it just seems to be like a lifestyle that at some point um, is hard to manage your previous civilian lifestyle um, inside of this new uh, rock star stardom fucking lifestyle where everybody uh, knows your name and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, but I mean I'm sure like if if any of us had kids and we did it that's the only thing is that you have to be afraid of is like what we've heard a few times now is that people will almost make it and then one of the people in the band bails the fuck out Yeah, and it's like if somebody did that in our band I don't I would stage a plane crash for all of us like what are you fucking talking about yeah, like we got here why did you come this fucking far if you were gonna bail at the last second be a replacement immediately <laughs> yeah it's crazy and then they'll be like well my life and I'm like your life was about to fucking start dog yeah. like what are you talking about 
Okay, so. Oh, man. Anyway, that's that's our that's our music journey up to now. Um, <clears throat> let's take a, a second. I'm going to get some water, maybe smoke a cigarette. I don't condone smoking. And we will be right back. Okay, so I've kept the rest of the podcast a secret from you. Uh, this part I just thought about the other day, and I was like, this will help it, like, us to have a longer podcast, but um, also I just think that it'd be funny to hear if we have the same idea here. Okay. So when you, I'm going to do a three, two, one on this for us both to answer. When you think of a moment that the band had as a whole, like if someone were to look at you, <laughs> like I'm already giving this away, and say, tell me a story <laughs> about a gig. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you to give me that gig in three, two, one. Dothan. Dothan, Alabama. Yeah, Dothan. All it's right. the one and only time I have ever played a show in Dothan, Alabama. Yeah. And, and hopefully the last yeah, time. Yeah, the last time ever. Um, I thought that we could tell that story because it's, I mean, when I look back at gigs, there aren't very many that I could be like, this gig when all this shit happened like I can tell you gigs and tell you what happened it's nowhere near as impressive as what happened in this this encounter with Dothan Alabama I think I'm excited I I don't think I've heard this I think this gig and I think the Halloween party gig oh yeah that was another one I think it was a year ago was it last year or the year before we played like Oh, the one at Mary Widow? Yeah, but we played like three shows in a row or something like that. Like, we played it. Oh, yeah, but it was two years ago because uh, the Monday after those three gigs, me and Jonathan broke up. Oh, yeah. Well, we we played at Pensacola, Florida with our friends and Cavi Mundi and Pete Lumen and all them. We, we played like two different shows there, but like, it was freaking... One was outside and it was freezing... Yeah, it was at the break or whatever. Yeah, and the other one was at... We played one at Mary Widow. Wasn't that the gig where, um, what's his name, Brody or something? And they were all dressed up and we went upstairs? Yeah, uh, Bo- Bowen? Bowen, or something. that's right. But yeah, it was, uh, that was the that was the Halloween gig. Okay, it was yeah. a Halloween party. It was, like, packed out. It was fun. People were selling clothes and stuff. Cool gig. I dressed up for Bob as Bob Ross that year. That's right. That's, but <laughs> that's right. Dude had like a power trip going on. Yeah, he did. And Perry wanted to punch him in the face. He was also yelling at his like wife. His now wife. Yeah. Mm. They weren't. They weren't married at the time. Cause she wasn't playing the drums fast enough or something. They had like a weird. There was a lot of weird stuff going on. Really weird. It was, it was a weird night anyway. Cause like the band that went up, I want to say first was like they weren't bad but they were all dressed up too and it was just kind of like this trippy night and I feel like I was a little bit sick yeah then too. well because we had just played we played a show that was outside oh, yeah. freezing mm-hmm. in Pensacola and then we played another show that was inside and then I played a gig on the Sunday which was actually Halloween yeah 
in Gulf Shores outside again. Mm-hmm. And I was like yeah. chugging tea and uh some lady gave me like whiskey and lemon and was just like stirring it. She's like, just drink this. And I'm like constantly just trying to keep my voice going because it was mm-hmm. like going out so bad. That was also a rough time because I was working at Harley Davidson then. So like we would play a gig in Florida, then I'd have to drive back and then go to work and then do the same thing again. And then we had a show at the Mary Widow for a Halloween party and like I had just gotten off work, I'd run home, change to Bob Ross, run to the widow. Dude, I was exhausted. Wild three day stretch. But that's the indie band life. Also but, the the gig we played at Pearfest. Yeah. I just dude. thought about that one as well. That one was weird. Another thing that made the Halloween one weird is for some reason a girl that I dated in high school was there and it was very Oh weird. yeah. It was like why the fuck so is she here? I was like, I'm gonna go upstairs. Yeah, and we all went upstairs. <laughs> we went well, I had never been upstairs. up there before. Mm-hmm. And we all just, I have a couple pictures where it's like we're all just like chilling upstairs and trying to like one of them, I guess Perry, Perry's so, like, extroverted, it feels like. He was just going in the cabinets, and he found, like, popcorn. <laughs> and he, like, popped a bunch of popcorn for us to eat. And, and then he's like, yeah, he's like, here's some, like, throat coat tea. And he's, like, making it for me and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and we just, like, set up there for the rest of the gig while they played downstairs and just had our own little time. The audience was good. Yeah. Like, it was packed out, and we made good money that night. And people liked us, but... It, it was, was a weird one. Weird. Even, like... I remember Juliana was like, this is weird. Oh, yeah. He, he, she kept bitching about it, too. Yeah, she she was like... I don't mean to, like, paint... Like, she's, like, the coolest person alive. <laughs> she's yeah. so cool that she's a bartender. And, uh... But, dude, yeah, she even had, like, a problem with what was going on that night. Dude had, like, a massive power trip that night for some reason. He, like, yeah. snatched cables out of Perry's hand. Ugh. And I didn't see it happen, but Perry and Matt saw it happen. And Perry wanted to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to hurt him very badly. So, <laughs> what's funny about the Dothan gig is that it was our first gig ever as paid to pretend. And our first gig ever, we're having to travel like a couple hours away. Yeah, we, we rented a van. Yeah. <laughs> we rented this van and Trey drove because yeah. he was old enough and I was sick. I was sick as shit. And and I, I believe to this day that I had made myself sick because I was so stressed out over our first gig mm-hmm. that I made myself like respiratory infection sick and I hadn't been sick in so long and I was coughing up a storm and sneezing and snotting my eyes are watering and like I am like so sick that I'm just like only eating Hull's uh, lozenges and drinking water and chugging fucking cough syrup just trying to be okay for this gig and we get in the car and we start driving and I'm just like miserable. And we get up like we're we're like excited because this is our first gig, but like where the fuck are we going? And the person that brought us the person that got us to come up there is a little bit of a sketch fest himself. But at the time we really didn't we weren't really aware of anything more than he he was kind of like a, a shit poster on Facebook and yeah. stuff. Like 
that was about the extent of what we were aware of besides the fact that y'all kind of had common interests as far as what you liked musically. Yeah, but he didn't execute what I liked basically. <laughs> we're not going to name drop. I'm going to call, we'll call him uh, Jeff. Yeah, we'll okay, Jeff. so Jeff, man. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, dude. Jeff's probably one of the only people I've met in music that completely vibed or like aired on the side of like rock star mentality right more than a love for the music it was like the lifestyle Mm. we get up there and we're like so thankful that Jeff has given us this gig right we're like hell yeah our first gig and go ahead also uh, keep in mind that me and Matt a few days before um I think he like stayed the night with me or something, and we had just watched this movie called The Green Room. Oh. And the concept of Green Room, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a fabulous movie, a twenty-four production film. <clears throat> but the concept of it, there's this punk band. They're on tour. This is fucked. I didn't know this. And show. they're on tour, and they get offered this really good gig because this one gig falls through. They were supposed to make a lot of money. They get offered this one gig. This dude tells him, my cousin owns a venue up there. There's always hundreds of people up there seeing bands. It's always packed out. You're going to make real good money. And they're like, okay, dude, hell yeah. So they crash that dude's apartment. And then they leave, go to this venue. And they're expecting to make a lot of money. And they get there. And he also warns them that this is a neo-Nazi bar. Um, which the place we went to was not neo-Nazi. But uh, we'll get to why we, this is important. This, we'll get to why this is important. <laughs> um, Not the neo-Nazi part, but some other stuff. But we get there, or well, they go there, and much stuff happens. Um, they run in, see a murder, and they're locked in this place, and they have to fight Nazis to the death. And the leader of this group is none other than Star Trek legend Patrick Stewart. But anyways, and also Pro- Professor X from X Men. But anyways. <laughs> Uh, great movie, you should watch that. But back to this story, is we're driving to Dothan, takes three hours to get there, and we stopped at Whataburger, all that stuff. And uh, and side note, the neighborhoods in Dothan look like normal neighborhoods, but it's all trailers instead of houses. Okay. This and is like not trailer park, trailer park neighborhoods. These are like. They replaced all the houses with trailers. It was like... Like, full-on neighborhood... Trailer park boys on steroids. It was like Eminem's dreams. Like the HOA So Yeah, it was just just strange to drive through this because it was like, this is not what our trailer parks look like. No, it was very... It was like full-on, like, big-ass oak trees and mailboxes and like... They got a fountain in the front yard, a valet service. And then it's just trailers upon (laughs) trailers upon trailers... And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And we're driving through this neighborhood. And it's like, you know, we have the maps up. And it's like, well, we're we're supposed to be there in like two minutes. And it's like, we're in a fucking neighborhood. We must have gone the wrong way. And as we're driving, the road gets smaller. And it goes from, it goes from <laughs> pavement to gravel to just dirt. Like red clay dirt. Yeah. And then and there's this big hill that yeah, we have to drive down. Big ass hill we go down. And there are these, like, weird, like, you pass by this weird, like, fucking, 
It's like there's this porta potty, but yeah, it's, there, not it's a like a little, it's like a little like building that has bathrooms in it. But why? It's like the shittiest rest stop you'll it, ever see. It's just a building at the end of this neighborhood, at the top of this hill, mm-hmm. and it's got bathrooms in it. And you're like, but there's not like a park. Yeah. Mm. Why is this here? And at the bottom of this hill is this gate. And then all you can really see is like this open field. And you're like, where the fuck are we going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we're driving, we see a bunch of people outside this quote unquote venue. And Matt looks at me and he's like, it's just like fucking green room. <laughs> and, what, and no, no, it was called the green room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh it was called the green room or something <laughs> close something to like it. That, yeah. And what it was was this random strip of storage garages. <gasps> That's all it was. And I'm like, where why is this even out here? And they had the first two I guess they had bought and busted out the wall between them or something. Yeah. And they had those two garage doors up. Mm-hmm. And one of them seemed like it could be made into like a bar, but there was this whole thing about you couldn't have alcohol, like you couldn't be selling alcohol there or something. And it was like an all ages venue. Yeah. Shouldn't have been. Yeah. And then the other side was where everybody was playing. And again, it's like super cold from what I can remember. Yeah. And if it wasn't, it was super hot. It was one or the other. It was hot. It was hot. It was summertime. And, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, it was like, so we're down here, yeah, and Matt goes, it's just like the green room. And I swear to God they called it the green room. And it, there's it like this, something like that. It was green something. There's like a punk, um, there's a punk like... Plug Uglies. Yeah, the Plug Uglies. I didn't know if I should say that or not. Like, that was our first, that was my first introduction to the Plug Uglies. And they're Which, just, uh, no, we're not shitting on the Plug Uglies. Those dudes are cool. I know a bunch of people that are in that group or were in that group. Very... Do you know what that's all about? What the plug uglies are all about? From what I understand, it's just a bunch of bros that like are punk guys that are yeah in a little there group. to protect the scene. Yeah, it's 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 like a scene group basically. Yeah. I was gonna join. I thought about it, and I went to like a few of their like meetups and stuff, and I just never. The whole like, uh, you know, I I love rock music, playing bands. All that stuff, but the whole like wearing a blue jean patch with punk patch things on it is not my thing. Yeah, none of them seem to be like the people that I met weren't even like in bands, they were just like part of it. Was almost like they were there to keep a scene alive. Yeah, they're they're good dudes. Yeah, they are. Everyone I've met in that, uh, that were or are still in it, were cool dudes and some of them were in bands and some this is just our first introduction to any of this right so we pull into this big ass field with this random one you know line of storage garages and the first two are open and like this is the first time i've ever i'm ever seeing people that are dressed the way these everybody's dressed so like that whole like I've got blue hair and fishnet and shorty shorts on. Like, I'd never, ever seen that in my whole fucking life. And then I'm in Dothan, Alabama, just drove through a a nice-ass trailer park, and all these fucking punk people are are at the bottom of this hill in this storage garage. Mm -hmm. And then you meet the Plug Uglies, and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) And we already knew that we were not these kind of people. Like, as far as 
this kind this scene, we were like we are the outcasts here as far as our music went, and none of us were dressed the part either. No, we're just a bunch of white kids like, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> and I'm sick. I'm so fucking sick. But we play this gig, and we play with a band called uh, uh, Sinner's Gospel. Yeah. And and the reason I remember that is they were a little bit older. At least the front man is. And he gave me some alcohol after our set because I was so sick that my voice wasn't. Like, we our first gig, definitely sound was not good no. for anybody but no. especially for us because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing mm-hmm. and my voice was blown out already because I was sick like I was not going to be able to sing these songs <clears throat> and um, and afterwards he like offered me some alcohol from the back of his car so that my voice <laughs> here here take this like yeah. I can tell you're struggling thank you and then Bear Mace yeah Bear Mace which like one of the front singers in that band is daddy material like mm-hmm. for sure like that guy yeah, he's tall and he's a little bit chubby and he wasn't always like in school he looked more like a, I don't even know what to call it. he just looked like this like really cute like sort of long hair football player which isn't usually my type but then knowing him now where he's got all this long hair and he's like singing like he's got like a tenor voice he was always in choir like I I stalked his Facebook mm-hmm. and he was like in choir in high school and stuff and he's got like this tenor punk voice and he can sing whatever the fuck he wants and he's playing this guitar and he's chubby and he's long hair and he's got a beard and I'm like obsessed with him yeah. in that moment and uh but he had a girlfriend <clears throat> uh, that I saw later that night because I was in the van for the majority of the night just wanting to go home because I was so sick and Trey is so Trey has such a good temper he did not have this is the one time where I was like fuck you Trey I don't even want you in the band you bitch like so we get done with the gig I meet like there's like older people there one of them's got like this Sally from um from Nightmare Before Christmas dress on. She's like 50 years old. She's got a short haircut. She looks like a kindergarten teacher. Um, And her husband, and then, you know, there's all these. But we we watch Jeff play, and he's got, like, this plastic guitar that he's, like, throwing on the ground. Like, legitimate guitar, but it's made out of plastic or something. And he's throwing it on the ground and, like, stomping on it and stuff. And we've never seen this kind of thing go down. I've never seen this kind of thing go down before. that kind of thing. And people are moshing and stuff, and I'm like, what is, like, I'm so sick, and like, Delulu, because I'm on all this fucking medication, (laughs) and I'm just like, trying to be alive, right, and we watch all this, and then all of a sudden, he just like, grabs one of the girls from the, from the audience, like, from right in front of us, and just makes out with her, and then goes back to what he was doing, and I was like, oh, that's his girlfriend, okay, get it, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so now cut back. So that that's the majority of the funky shit that happened Pretty in much. the place, right? Yeah. And then I'm in the car just waiting for them to get here. Of course, now I want you to understand something. I haven't eaten in a very long time. Yeah. And all I've put in my body is cough, cough medicine Codeine. and yeah. <laughs> Apparently, doing that causes you to become a fart machine. Oh, yeah. So now not only am I so fucking sick, but I can feel like the biggest farts inside of me. And I know these guys, but I haven't known these guys as long as I know these guys now. Yeah. And we had known each other months at that point. 
and I am sitting in this van needing to fart so fucking bad. So when nobody's in the van, I'm farting. Because, yeah. like, it hurts. <laughs> and then the rest of the time, I'm not farting because they're there. And mm-hmm. anyway, I'm like, I really want to go home. And I was just, like, sitting there. <laughs> and I'm, like, so sick. I'm not trying to be a burden. But I'm like, I just want to go home so bad. I want to go home. Like, please, can we go home? And Trey raises his fucking voice at me. He's like, I'm not going home tonight, Madison. <laughs> he did, bro. <laughs> Trey, Trey was He's like, I'm not sitting in a van to go home tonight. It's yeah, one I'm not in the doing morning. This. It's one o'clock in the morning. It's a make or break moment. So we end up going to <laughs> Jeff's house. So now I'm the only chick. Apartment. Well, apartment. Small ass His apartment. mom's apartment that oh. he's living in. Because he works on the uh, train railroad thing, and like for some reason he like, he always flew out to like New Jersey or something like that and worked out there, and then he would mm-hmm. come back and do it. Then. Yeah, he would just come back. Like, yeah, he'd work out of town and then he'd come back and he, stay at this apartment. He was apartment. a railroad guy for weeks, and then he'd come home and yeah, be, he had and like be rock star. a fat obsession with trains and still does. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like model train mm-hmm. units all around he would, the apartment. He'd do that. <laughs> no, he <go, laughs> like, He would go be uh, Tom's the train for a few months mm-hmm. and then. Come home, and then he immediately go on tour in his band. Yeah. Okay. And they would tour with, like, other bands we do. Yeah. And, uh... He's a, he a hustler. Yeah, he's a hustler. Machine. And we didn't know any better, but I wanted to go home, and we weren't going home, obviously. So it was, let's go stay at his apartment. Mm-hmm. So we get over to his apartment, and... <laughs> So many things fucking happening in this moment. Okay. He has an air mattress. In the middle of the floor. That he blew up for Matt and Trey. They slept on it. Yeah. Um, Jacob was busy trying to hook up with a girl that was there. I was sitting in the recliner. Madison, I was sitting on the on the, the couch, couch next to Jacob. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't let me lay on him. Even though he was taking up part of the couch. I'm sick as shit. But Jacob's like, ooh, gross. Don't touch me if I don't want to like. And it's probably because he was trying to hook up with this other girl. I'm your lead singer, and I'm so sick. I can't remember. She was in, like, a chair. She had, like, Uh a chair or something. But, like, um, David, or Jeff. (laughs) Jeff. Jeff was (laughs) laying on the air mattress, and there was a girl there that he had brought home. The girl that he made out with. Yeah, and, uh. I was like, oh, okay, his girlfriend again. Yeah. Well, they were just sitting there chilling, and then he just showed us all her ass. And, and smacked just smacked it. it in front of us. Like pants the girl, smacked her ass. Well, she's she's got like this little romper thing on that yeah. was like black with like I don't know if it had bats or something on it, mm-hmm. and like and she was and it was like kind of breezy mm-hmm. and it was short. Yeah, and he like smacks the shit out of her ass. And she just laughs. She's like, <laughs> she's like laughing, and then we come to find out that he starts telling us the story with her sitting there. Like, yeah, I saw this girl. She's been looking at me for a while. She's been coming to my gigs and stuff. So I figured I'd take her home tonight. Like. Real like Aerosmith rock star type shit, and we're like, okay. And oh, then what the fuck? The girl that Jacob's trying to hook up with has a thing for Jeff. Well, they've had this whole yeah. thing going for years and years, but they've only ever been friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And she's telling that whole fucking story like everybody's just out in the open with all this shit. Very and awkward. Like, and we're like, we have to be here. So everybody's fucking. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. We have to be here till like. And mom's in the fucking other bedroom. Oh yeah. His, Mom is like losing her fucking mind, drunk, like screaming, crying, and then like he mm-hmm. goes in there, and I remember I, it, it 
it was weird, but he goes in there and like chills her out and then comes back and she's like passed the fuck out. He's like, Oh, sorry about that. I go to the bathroom at some point <sighs> and have often described this as my moment where my wind tunnel era mm-hmm. because it just felt like air was going through my mouth out my asshole. And it's just like these long, quiet farts. Just like I was only full of air and yeah. I'm so in pain and I'm like I'm around all these boys that I don't know well enough to be doing this. And I'm, like, sitting in this bathroom, like, just go to sleep in here because, like, (laughs) you're going to have to fart (laughs) again. You know you will. And it's not just, like, one fart and then 30 minutes later it's, like, I am full of farts. Like, that's it. Like, all I am is farts at this point. And Jacob won't let me lay down. So I'm sitting on this couch and Jacob's sitting next to me. I end up passing out finally from the copious amounts of codeine in my system. <laughs> Sip and also but scissor. But it didn't happen fast enough, dude. I'll tell you that. I wake up a couple times to all the... Like, I had to ask Michael this a few months ago. I was like, why the fuck in my memory do I just, like, sometimes flash, like, South Park? Like, all of a sudden, I just think of South Park. I was watching South Park. So, like, Trey and Matt fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Jeff took his... Uh, Lady, La- lady of the night bedroom. into their bedroom. Get to that in a minute. <laughs> Jacob's in the kitchen talking to this girl. I don't remember her name. I think I started with Jade or something. And Jacob. Jeff, Jacob Jeffette, Jacob's yeah. trying to smash, whether he admits it or not. I, that man was trying to smash. And I just remember, I think Matt woke up at one period and he just kept hearing, hearing Jacob talk and he was like, why they just fucking get it over with? And then, like, yeah. he'd go back to sleep. And then, like, I couldn't go to sleep because I don't know this person and it's weird. Yeah. I'm and, just hoping while I sleep I'm not farting everywhere. And then I was watching South Park for hours. And then I finally fell asleep for a few hours. Not even a few hours because it's, like, 4.35 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Finally, oh, I fell asleep for, like, two hours. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. finally went back. And eventually everybody got up around, like, 7.30 and we are like, all right, let's go home now. Yeah, but the thing that happened right before that, <laughs> at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I guess I was knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. Jacob was not. We just start hearing banging at the front door. Yeah. Well, no, it started, I was about to go to sleep. I was yeah. finally passing out. I watched the episode of South Park. I was like, all right. And then all of a sudden, uh, from the wall in front of where the TV is, it was like, <laughs> and we were like, what the Fuck. And I was uh, obviously dead ass asleep. And in my head, I was like, why did they wait hours to fuck? I was like, what have they been doing in there? And then that's what they were doing, obviously. And I was like, okay, well, weird. And then this dude, <laughs> this dude knocks on the door. This like, is when I wake up three minutes like... later. He's like, <gasps> And Jacob's looking at me. And, and I'm looking at Jacob and, and I'm like, don't answer The girl me. is looking at me and I was like, I'm not fucking answering mm-hmm. it. That's like, what are you fucking looking at me for? That's I'm not, not you know. Yeah. Trey and I, Matt. And so I close my eyes and pretend to be asleep when somebody does answer the door. <laughs> Trey and Matt are past the fuck out. Yeah, they're fine. They didn't wake up. Fuck you, Trey. Still fuck you to this day. You got the air mattress too? They didn't I'm wake up. I'm sick as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Trey and Matt did not wake up at this point. They were fucking gone. They were fucking Simon and Garfunkel, Sound of Silence, gone. Yeah, they, were gone. Fucking, they were fucking dead. R.I.P. Gravestone. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they took before they went to bed. I wish I would have. But 
so the girl ends up opening the door. Because Jeff's not going to come out. Why is she even still fucking there? I don't know. Is this Jeff? Because she would be sitting. She would have been sitting in the kitchen. Yeah. They were talking to. She was talking to Jacob. Oh, that's right. That's Um, right, yeah. Because Jacob was playing therapist because he wants a pussy. And that's why we were hearing all um, this shit to begin with. And uh, dude bangs on the door. They all look at me and I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at me for? I'm not answering shit. (laughs) I'm like 19 then. I was like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. And like. She walks up to the door, opens it, and he's like, Tell Jeff he fucking does that shit again. Wakes me fuck up again. I'm gonna fucking beat his ass. <laughs> like, full-fledged, like, South Park character yeah. shit. And, we're, and I'm like, like I guess I knocked out enough to be like, I don't even know what noise he's talking about <laughs> because I didn't hear any of the fucking ever. Mm-mm. Like, and I was knocked out just enough for them to fuck. And then that door started getting banged on. And uh, she was like, Oh, okay, yes, sir, will do. And then he he's like, I'm being fucking serious. Better not, don't make me have to fucking come back up here. I'll, I'm not afraid to fucking talk to him. And then she was like, yes, sir, I understand. And then closes the door. And then, like, it's really quiet. And then she goes back in the kitchen. Her and Jacob start talking again. And I was like, what the fuck? So then I'm like, I'll wait a few minutes. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to sleep. I feel like at some point it was it was either like this tension where you thought that the girl Jacob was talking to was gonna go into the bedroom. Yeah. Or if or that she ended up going into the bedroom after the other girl left. I know that there was this weird part where the girl, the initial girl, went into the bedroom and Dave, mm, Jeff stayed out in the living room with us. Yeah. For a long time. He did. And it was like you just brought this girl over to lock her in a bedroom. Yeah. What are you fucking doing? But that was Dothan, and we I think we got up the next morning, got in the car, and got Duncan, and I was so happy to be going home. I don't even know <laughs> if I said a fucking word the whole time. I just, like... It was very quiet. On the did you find out what noise he was talking about? Yeah, he was the fucking. They were oh. fucking. They were fucking in there. <laughs> Loud as fuck, apparently. I wasn't awake for it, so when that door opened and he was like... What's all that fucking racket in there? I was like, we're all dead ass asleep. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. Unless I'm just farting through the fucking floor <laughs> for like, I was like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. The telltale heart. But yeah, telltale when we farts. left, I think the only words that were spoken was like, let's not play in Dothan ever again. We never did. Ever That's again. That's a good idea. That was we've so played, weird. We've gone everywhere else, but we will never go to Dothan no. ever again. It was so weird. It was fucking weird as fuck. Things happened after that where like, at least the guy that got us the gig, the guy that did all this, kind of showed us some different colors online after a yeah. while that were like, ooh, I don't know about you, dog. And mm-hmm. and, and then you kind of just... Well, didn't he, like, message you some weird shit? Yeah! Oh, yeah! Okay, back then I was really not that confident. Um, and I would say things like, I can suck really good dick. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I said I told all the boys in the band at some point, like, as a friend, like, if you ever need your dick sucked, <laughs> like, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what was wrong with me. I'm not that human anymore. But in the beginning, I, I guess I was. And I guess it came up at some point that he could eat good pussy or something like that. And I was like, oh, I can suck really good dick. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he texted me. It, like... Understand, confidence was low enough to think that that would make me seem cool. Not the part where it's like, oh, I'll just put a million dicks in my mouth. It was just like, 
It'll make me seem cool if yeah. I'll just, like, be the cool girl that says, like, I could suck cool dick. Like, mm-hmm. a good dick or whatever. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, I'll be I'll be the cool girl by, like, taking all kinds of dick. It wasn't yeah. like that. And it was like, even though I was still saying that, when Jeff messaged me all of a sudden, and again, no confidence in the way I'm like, I was still comparing myself to other girls, and I was like, even both the girls that talked about they were fucking you were, like, so much prettier than me. Mm. And I'm big. (laughs) I'm a big girl. And I was sick as a dog. And he messages me, and he says, I kind of, basically, I kind of want to see what that mouth do. Oh, God. What did I do? Oh, goodness. And I was like, um... No, like, I don't even know what I said to him, but it was like, even in that moment, I was like, I don't want to do nothing with you ever in my fucking life. (laughs) That's crazy. You're wild. You can stay in Dothan. Yeah, like, why are you, like, thinking, this is like a couple weeks later or something, still thinking about me talking about how I could suck dick good? Yeah. That was wild. I don't know who I was back then. You were a rock star. I was a rock star sucking on. I wasn't sucking dick at all, but I was like, <laughs> sucking on a dog. I was talking about it. Sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> yeah, sucking on a chili dog. About Jack and John. <laughs> John come Grimmel and come. <laughs> so that's Dothan. Oh man, that was 2017. Not a fun time. Not, Not a, a good time. time. Uh, what a year. We too. got together in February, and this was like in July. Yeah. I want to say something like that, July mm-hmm. or August. All right, well, I'm just going to cut it here so that I know where it ends at, and then we'll get into the game right after this. Okay. So Michael just made a good point about the last story that we told about Dothan, which was... Uh, We didn't get paid for that gig, and we rented a van to travel to the gig. (laughs) We thought we were going to get paid because we thought the gig we were going to was a venue, and it was not disclosed to us that it was not indeed a venue. They referred to it as a venue. And it was not a venue. It, it definitely seemed like, oh, this is your first gig. Like, we're giving you exposure Yeah. once we got there. And it was like, sorry, you can stay at my place. Don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of people there, which is really cool. But we did not make any money at uh-huh. all um, because it was not disclosed. So uh, if anyone listens to this and they start a band or anything... Make sure uh, your first gig that you're actually going to get paid. Because we were yeah. just young kids that were like, oh, dude, we're going to get to travel. We get to go, play a gig. That's all we were concerned travel about. Travel in a van and play a show. This is so cool. And then we quickly realized, hey, if we're going to do this, we have to make sure that we get paid to do this. Yeah. And make money if we're going to even try this out. So. Dothan always brings me back. So, I hope a, I never get that sick ever again in my life. Life wasn't for us. Alright, so this last little part again is something that I did not disclose to anyone. And it's a little game that I want to play. Um, and we're going to go through, I think it's like 12 to 15 bands. And I'm going to say a little bit of detail mm-hmm. about how they got their name. And then you're going to guess what band it is. Okay. Okay? You both can join in on this, obviously. All right, so the first first band. These brothers uh, have their sister to blame for their iconic band name after she saw these letters as uh, on a vacuum cleaner 
uh, meaning that the device could be powered by either alternative or alternating or direct current. Um, some say she saw it on a sewing machine. The world may never know. Hmm. Brothers. Okay. Now, the brothers thing, it's not going to be like Allman Brothers type shit. No. There's just two brothers that are in a band together. Okay. That have more people in them. I know. Dude, I've heard that story before. I have not. Fuck. Dude. I've heard that fucking story before. Can I get some help from the audience? Uh, this would be like, I guess like the... Mainly the 70s, 70s. I would assume. Maybe, 70s. yeah. Uh, 70s rock band. What's their hit song? If I tell you that, you'll know. <laughs> it's one that so many people have used as like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, like, just like how you would see Eye of the Tiger. You would see this song as like one of those like. Is that ACDC? It's ACDC. That's what I thought. That's what uh, I thought. The song Malcolm. is "Highway okay. to Hell," um, which has gotten over fifty million um, buys. I don't know. So they, they're it's one of the top song, best-selling songs ever. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, a fun fact about ACDC is. Um, in in Australia, they're known as Akadaka. Instead of ACDC. Alright, so this next band, uh, their name was inspired by early rocker Buddy Holly, whose backing group was called the Crickets. This band, yep. Damn, say it louder. The Beatles? Yeah. Let me go through it. the Beatles were a big fan. Their uh, earliest shows often featured Billy Holly's music or Buddy Holly's music, um, and one of the band members, or I guess it was Paul McCartney, later purchased the publishing rights to Holly's songs. However, they only ever recorded one Buddy Holly tune together, "Words of Love," in 1964. Yep. Hmm. Um, the fact about the Beatles is John Lennon used to sleep in a coffin. Some folks uh, accused John of being a wife-beater and pathological liar, but he had other weird behaviors. Um, He used to sleep like a vampire. According to one of their former managers, when they worked on the Jacaranda coffee bar, (laughs) Alan Williams had an old abandoned coffin on the premises, and Lennon would sometimes nap in that coffin. I feel like that would be really good naps though. A confined space, mm-hmm. padded, dark. Yeah. Best sleep of my life. Yeah, I never have to worry about anything being like behind me. Yeah. Well, now he gets to enjoy that sleep forever. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next band. Before they became a 70s pop sensation, this band was comp- comprised of a bunch of hippies living together in a house in Northern California. When they were in search of a name for their band, a non-musical housemate suggested they name uh, this name on account of all the members' uh, penchant for smoking weed. I want to say Grateful Dead, but it's not Grateful Dead. And it's not Fleetwood Mac, so... The name has to do with this. The Doobie Brothers? Yep. Doobie ah! Brothers. There you go. Good job. 
Um, a fact about them is Jeff Skunk Baxter, the Doobie Brothers lead guitarist between 1974 and 1979, um, and a, before that, a member of Steely Dan, developed an interest uh, in missile or missile defense systems in the mid-1980s. He was eventually appointed to chair the Civilian Advisory Board for Ballistic Missile Defense in 1995. Since then, Baxter has had consulting contracts with the Pentagon's Missile Defense Agency and continues to consult with the U.S. Department of Defense, only occasionally playing music. I can't believe I didn't get that, but I was thinking, I didn't even think about the weed thing. I was thinking about members living together in California. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, Grateful Dead or Fleetwood Mac. I never would have thought that they were already there in California for some reason. With Michael McDonald, I would feel like they were like, I don't know, like either like North Carolina or somewhere in the Midwest. Like Mm -hmm. Michael McDonald looks like he would live in like Kansas City. (laughs) when I was little like I didn't care how old that motherfucker was I had the biggest crush on him at like 5 years old I was like Michael McDonald god damn (laughs) (laughs) alright this next band this one took a winding path into the rock canon okay when I first put this one here because understand I want to make it clear that I copied and pasted a lot of this stuff and just switched out some words so that the names of the bands weren't in the description but I, a lot of these words are not my own, and this one in particular is... I don't get it, but we're going to go through it anyway. Whew, this one took a winding path into the rock canon. Uh, poet William Blake's 18th century post-French Revolution book, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, initially inspired Aldous Huxley... Aldous Huxley. Yeah. ...to give a mescaline-soaked... 1954 tome the title of the doors of perception yeah which in turn led a collection of late 16 or 60s era rockers to name their band the doors, the doors. The doors. my uh, senior quote was from that the doors of perception yeah i couldn't really get away with not saying nah. it but mm-hmm. hell yeah the fact, you know, there's a couple facts about Jim Morrison. Like, Jim Morrison wouldn't play towards the stage or play towards the audience. He'd play facing towards his band and stuff like that. But I figured we already knew that. So, uh, Jim Morrison told people his parents were dead. They weren't. Yeah. Not surprisingly, Morrison didn't get along with his uh, straight-laced military dad. The elder Morrison utilized the dressing-down approach to discipline, wherein he'd berate and humiliate young Jim uh, whenever he did something wrong. Jim broke away from his parents after enrolling at UCLA in 1964. Upon learning of his estranged son's rock career, George Morrison wrote a letter to Jim urging him to reconsider. He even called out Jim's complete lack of talent in this direction. Mm. Jim and his father only spoke one more time via telephone. What a supportive figure. I know. They also have an interview of him, like, years ago before he died. Uh, and they asked him, he was, like, in his 80s or 90s, but they asked him, they're like, did you ever listen to your son's music? And he said, no, I never listened to it, ever. What an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn, dude. I was like, no wonder your son was so fucked up, bro. And he died early, huh? Yeah. Uh, was he part of the 27 Club? Yep. Yep. Drug overdose. He died in Paris, France. They have a, his tomb over there. The tomb, the funeral area over there. 
And he did the song House of the Rising Sun. No, that's the animals. Okay, that's the animals. Okay. They I don't did. know why I always think of Jim Morrison when I think of that song. The, the Norris did Light on Fire, Break on Through, the other gotcha. side. The end. Uh, these, these, this next band, sorry. These prog rock pioneers ugh, got their name, please don't, got their name from uh, their first manager, Jonathan King, who had initially considered calling the band Gabriel's Angels in reference to the founding frontmen. Um, instead, he kept the biblical feeling but went for a name that seemed more appropriate for the beginning of an endeavor. I wanted to say King Crimson because you said King Crimson, the dude's last name, but it's not that. You said Prog Rock? Prog Rock. Is it yes? Pioneers. No, but it's in that same slew of, I would say. Uh-huh. I like yes a little bit more. Rush? No. No. Uh, Let me read one part to you one more time. He considered calling the band Gabriel's Angels in reference to the founding frontman. Instead, he oh. kept the biblical feeling. Genesis. Yeah. Genesis. Oh. Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, a fun fact, Phil Collins was not the original singer, obviously. But when Collins started singing for the band, the band started getting Grammys, especially for the track Land of Confusion. Confusion. This next band... Mm-hmm. Um, this band was formed on Christmas Day 1975. I didn't realize they were this old. By the bassist, shortly after he left his previous group, Smiler. He attributed the band's name to a film adaptation of The Man in the Iron Mask from the novel by Alexandre or Alex Andre Dumas. Uh, Dumas? I don't know. The title reminded him of a notorious torture device from the Dark Ages. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. <laughs> you were saying a couple names, and I was like, I'm so glad I came up with this fucking game, because he doesn't even know. I was about to say, I already knew it was Iron Man, but I was going to let you finish, because he said Iron Iron Master. Um, a fact about Iron Maiden is the Iron Maiden mascot, Eddie the Head, was originally a mask at the back of the stage... Blood capsules were fed through the mouth, invariably soaking the drummer with fake blood. Artist Derek Riggs based the first drawing of Eddie for Maiden's debut album on an image he saw of a decapitated head on a Vietnam tank. Vietnamese tank. Mm. Wow. This next band. They started out calling themselves Wicked Lester before determining that they needed something that seemed a little more ready for prime time. When one of the members brought up the fact that he had previously played in a band called Lips, another member chimed in with the name that would accompany him and his compatriots to superstardom. The Flaming Lips? No. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's what I thought too, but I was like, yeah, Lips. Is it something to do with a body part? Something a body part does. Kiss. 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 I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with kiss. I don't got that. Um, a fact about them: for ten years, the true faces of Kiss were a secret. They teased fans with 1980s False Alarm Unmasked album, 
But when the real unmasking aired on MTV in September of 1993, it was a huge deal, attracting uh, sufficient attention to rejuvenate the band's career. Yet, the classic lineup had already been hook or hoodwinked into posing for group shot sans grease paint in uh, 1974 by Charlie Auringer, art director and legendary rock magazine Cream of at my bed. Charlie's cunning ruse uh, was to tell the band he'd spoken to their manager and they'd said it was okay, but he hadn't and it wasn't. Cream agreed not to publish the shots to preserve the carefully route mystique. My uh, daddy used to love Kiss. I, when I was a child, I used to be so terrified of them. I tried to like Kiss when I was younger, and I still have tried to this day, and I cannot like I Kiss. I think I only dig, like, okay, I've seen a couple documentaries now about Kiss, and that's why I have, like, a love for them as humans on the earth. But my dad never showed me any of those like those kind of bands um he knows about them he mm-hmm. grew up you know in his 20s late teenage early 20s when they were first coming out but he never really showed me any of that and i don't know it's like i know what songs belong to kiss i think for the most part the big ones but and i appreciate that they were doing that in the 70s mm-hmm. cuz that seems like an 80s thing to yeah. do, what they were yeah. doing but past that i don't really listen to them either cuz they're really one of those bands so like whenever i was like getting into like 80s 70s kind of music when i was like a lot younger i was always like i oh, dude, I always hear you know everybody telling me kiss is awesome kiss is badass and then like i put on a kiss record and i saw the way that these dudes looked and i was like okay, these dudes look badass. <laughs> and then, like, I put on a Kiss record, and I was like... It doesn't sound like what it looks like. fuck no. is this? It's the same reason I can't get into Ghost, dude. I just cannot get into Ghost. I don't know nothing about... I, I, you look at them, look at a picture of Ghost, you'd be like, dude, that's gonna be, like, some of the most, like, black metal dark shit. It's and then, all, like, happy, it's, happy, like, happy. fucking... Ugh. It's, like, Scooby-Doo background music. <laughs> like, I can't fucking... Scary. <sighs> that's frightening. I just can't do it. All right, this next one. After receiving an inheritance following his mother's death, his power this powerhouse musician isolated himself in an apartment in Dallas for more than three years before finally moving to Los Angeles, where he he formed his first band. Um, the name that follows was the cruel nickname given to this heavy set rocker by his high school football coach. not Tad, is it? No. Yeah, I don't think it would be. There's a long, long call right there. Heavy set rocker. Oh, how many guesses? It's like the only one I know about that was heavy set. Meatloaf? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, fun fact about Meatloaf he gained nearly 70 pounds in an attempt to not be drafted into the military. Damn. Respect. 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 Respectfully. <laughs> I gained 70 pounds respectfully. I had the dogs watch uh, Rocky Horror with me. I watched it like two nights ago. Yeah. Meatloaf was in Meatloaf. You know what I'm saying? Eddie. Eddie. Eddie on his motorcycle. People were eating Eddie on that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Named uh, for 
manufacturer Ramson Ellie Olds. This vehicle was introduced in 1915 as the groundbreaking predecessor of the pickup truck. Fast forward to 1967 and this band's keyboardist learns of the name, taking it from his newly formed for his newly formed band. He says, I sometimes say that it's the only thing I learned in college. He said he uh he has also said, I was in the class which studied the history of transportation, and one day I walked in, and the name was written on the blackboard. Car, car vans, car vans, car vans. It's not the cars. Mm -mm. That's too early. Um, car vans. Ramson Ellie Olds. This is going to be one of them be like, oh, why the fuck didn't I know that? What era is it? 60s, 70s? Uh, 1967, it looks like, is when they formed. Damn. Uh, 60s band, 60s band. I didn't say the name of the vehicle because it is the name of the band. Is the brand still making cars? I can Google that. Mm -hmm. Pontiac. Or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, they stopped making cars in 36. 1936? Mm -hmm. Got there. Oh. Olds Ramson Ellie Olds. I'm assuming that they also made the Oldsmobile, if that's the case. But look at the initials. Aria Speedwagon. Oh, damn. I would have <laughs> never got that, bro. I, I don't. I, don't, I was never good. A uh, fact is, Ario Speedwagon's first gig was at a bar called the Black Eyed Pea in uh, Champaign, Illinois, huh. where they played for $100 and all the beer they could drink. Hell yeah. Another respect. The next band. Uh, this band is an awesome alternative metal band of four dudes who grew up uh, with stuff like Slayer. Uh, as they were trying to come up with a name, they pondered over a poem written by the guitarist. This is going to give it away. Nirvana? Mm -mm. No. Titled, Victims of a Down. System, System of a Down, yeah. A fact about them is the working title of Chop Suey was Suicide. I didn't realize Suey meant suicide this whole time. Mm. Uh, is it S-O-A-D or S-O-D? I don't know. Originally had Suicide as the title of Chop Suey, the first single from Toxicity. In fact, the words, we're rolling suicide, is that was like, we're rolling suicide, uh, can be heard in the song's opening seconds on uh, select pressings of the album. Mm -hmm. The next band. In the early days of their career, this band was performing locally under the stage name Sweet Children. 
Uh, while recording their first EP, they were made to change their name so they wouldn't be confused with another local band called Sweet Baby. The band put their heads together to think of something that they all loved and that felt uh, would represent them, and they came up with marijuana. Yes, marijuana. Uh, it was in San Francisco's Bay Area where the band came together with an alternative name, which refers to a day spent doing nothing but smoking weed. Uh, they had to make a quick decision, so they went with it, and hey, it worked out well. Hmm. 60s, 70s. I never know if this band came out in the late 80s or in the 90s, but oh. they do get played on... Um, Sublime? No, they get played on. It's it was crazy to me when I first heard it, but uh, on the rocket, they do get played on that. Blind Melon. No. The name means to lay around and smoke weed all day. Referring to a day spent doing nothing but smoking weed. They they were really big when I first heard of them wasn't until the two thousands. Okay. Um I'd say they've probably been around as long as Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Oh. A hint. Um punk pop punk band. Uh Green Day? Yes, Green Day. Oh. Um, a fact about Green Day, bassist uh, Mike Pritchard uh, adopted the name Durnt from school where his favorite hobby was playing air bass. He sang Durnt, Durnt, Durnt while plucking invisible strings. Billy Joe uh, is the only band member who has retained his real surname, Armstrong. The next band. Nobody climbed the charts and launched themselves into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as fast as this early 90s band. Late 80s, early 90s. They solidified their uh, scene for the masses. Nirvana. Yeah. But I took out grunge scene. He still got it before I was done. But that may not have happened if they'd stuck with, the, with their original name. They were tossing around goofy names like Pin Cap Chew and Ted Ed Fred when the vocalist and guitar player uh, said they should go with something beautiful instead of raunchy or aggressive. They managed to choose one of the most beautiful words ever created and made history with it. A fun fact is the original name was Fecal Matter. Yep. Yep. Next band. The lead of this 80s British indie rock band chose the name because it was the most ordinary name and it was time the ordinary people showed their faces. Hmm. I feel like you're the only person I've ever heard tell me about this band in my life. But I know that they're, they were popular. It's just like, you're, I, I want to say you were the first person to tell me, but I could be wrong. White stripes. 80s British indie oh, rock. Okay, never mind. The Smiths. Mm -hmm. okay. The Smiths. 
I just like the guitar player. That's my last one. And the fact is, the bassist, Andy Rourke, suffered with increasingly worse drug addiction issues, which came to a head in 1986. While recording The Queen is Dead, the musician was reportedly spending upwards of 100 euros a day on narcotics. His addiction got so bad that Maurice uh, temporarily fired him from the band. According to Rourke, Morrissey, okay. According to Rourke, Morrissey let him know that he'd been fired by fixing a post-it note to his car windshield that read, Andy, you have now left the Smiths. Good luck. Morrissey denies leaving such a note. I'm sure he did. Morrissey's a fucking prick. Is he? Yes. I just like the Smiths because of Johnny Marr, and he's one of my favorite guitar players ever. Yeah. And I've had multiple people in both bands tell me that I play similar to Johnny Marr. <laughs> so, and that's because I learned a lot of his yeah. songs. I don't think I've ever listened to them. They're good. The Smiths? Oh, they're great. They're good. Um, a lot of people hate them nowadays because it's cool to hate on things. But uh, Morrissey is a prick, and he's his voice is very grating. But if you can get past his shitty lyrics and his voice, the music is fantastic. The arrangements are fantastic. Johnny Moore is great. Andy Warwick was an amazing bass player. He recently passed away, though. Um, I don't remember the drummer's name, but he was really good, too. But Johnny Moore, a uh, fun fact, also was in Modest Mouse. Oh, for a cool. Minute. And he played in the Cribs, and he's played with like a bunch of other people after his Isn't concert. Modest Mouse the one that uh, Heath Ledger really liked a lot? Yeah, I think he did that video, mm-hmm. the whale one or something. Um, but uh, Johnny Marr was on their like 2007 album. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's like The the Boat's Sinking or something. So, whatever that album was called, the one that has Dashboard on it, that one. Johnny Marr was on that album. Hell yeah. It's a good one. Well, did you like my game? I did. It was fun. It was fun. I'm happy I got to beat him with this, a couple of them. Yeah. Or just be like, that was cool. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for coming and filling in for Michael and helping me out over here, coming over to my apartment and hanging out with me for a little while on your Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. listening to y'all telling your stories. (laughs) I'm excited to play it back and listen to it again. Um, and hopefully guys next week we will have Michael back in the building I'm not positive though so I might have to figure something else out I don't know who I don't have that many friends just drone him some salt he's not back you know me and Mac could come by yeah and we could do some more talk we could do something else we could do serial killers yeah. this time we could do true crime stuff yeah. true crime nerds so. oh yeah All right, guys. Well, we will catch you next time on the Family Size Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.